Welcome to the Getting to Clarity podcast, the place where busy women leaders discover how to create more success in their leadership journey with less sacrifice in their life. Here's your host, Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. Hey, hello, and welcome. I am Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity, and this is the Getting to Clarity podcast. And I am so excited that today I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine and just a generous universal soul, Polo Rio Tate. And I'm going to read a little bit uh, about Polo, but first, Polo, thank you for being here. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I am so honored anytime I get to talk to you. This is going to be fun. It's usually a lot of fun, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Polo. So from a myriad of life experiences, Polo Riotate intimately understands the transformational value in mindfully getting to know ourselves and know ourselves wholly holy and love ourselves unconditionally in order to live fully in the freedom of our own authenticity. Polo is an author by soul, an actor by trade, and an artist at heart. And she is an uplifter to the core of her being, which I can attest to, she definitely is. It is uh, joy and positive energy that's coming into the room when Polo is there. So Polo has been a United States Air Force cadet. She has, uh, she's a comedian, having performed all over New York City and Los Angeles, and she is a passionate public speaker with a mission for all to see, feel, and understand their own self-worth, empowerment, and value. She lives each moment to the fullest, and no one can take her joy. She avidly operates from the belief that we can do anything upon which we set our minds, hearts, and spirits. And in everything that she does, everything, Polo invites you to embrace your own infinite possibility, embody the loving being that you are, and feel the power and pleasure of fully being present in your own life. And what she invites you to do is to believe, be love, and be now. <laughs> Thanks for being here, my sweet. <laughs> Thank you for having me. What a bio. Who can live up to that? Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Hey, to start things off, why don't you just share a little bit about your background? And because it's an interesting one, a uh, little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Oh, such a good question. <laughs> Where did we all come from? Um, I think it's first and foremost, thank you for having me and being willing to have these conversations. Your curiosity uh, calls forth some fascinating conversations over a myriad of topics. So I'm so happy to be here and just be sharing this with you. And let's just see what comes through. I, you know, my journey started in East Lansing, Michigan. where I was born and and born into a family that had ties to the community and and there there were strong familial obligations, orientations, expectations. My great-great-grandfather was Ari Olds, the automotive pioneer who invented the internal combustion engine and the assembly line. And there was um, great fervor and and celebration for his brilliance and his genius that sort of traveled down through generations. And so there were expectations in 
my family coming in as to success and all of those things, all of those big um, words and connotations that we all feel a relationship to live up to, right? I was oh, yeah. super as driven. As you said expectations, I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. And also, you know, our relationship with expectation and obligation and all of those things follows us throughout our life. And it changes as we learn more things, as our wisdom grows, as our maturity, as we get more years under this belt. And the journey just to explore the relation with that, the relationship with that and what is ours and what is theirs. It's been a fascinating journey. I started out rip roaring, you know, super driven. I wanted all the challenges in the world. I was an athlete since day one. I feel like I came tumbling out of my mother's womb, probably much to her dismay. (laughs) But when it came time to pick a college, I applied to Notre Dame, the Air Force Academy and West Point. And if you know anything about any service academies or Notre Dame for that matter, it is a rigorous, rigorous application process. So you're psychologically vetted and you're physically tested and you're um, academically uh, tested and monitored and measured. And I wanted that challenge because I wanted something that truly embraced my physicality as well as my intellect, as well as my athleticism. That's, that was the trifecta that I was looking for. Whatever the best institution to test me in all areas, that's what I wanted. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> um, I was accepted to all three. And when I went out on recruiting trips, really um, the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs spoke to me. So I accepted their appointment and I went with all of these, you know, absolute, glory-filled, challenge-filled, being pushed to the brink of everything that I knew to be true, ideals in my mind. And while basic training, and for the most part, the training up until the school year and academic year and volleyball season started, it was all of those things, tested to the brink. And I played division one volleyball for them, um, which is something also that I wanted that challenge in every single way, military and academic and athletic. And by midpoint of my freshman year, the rug was just yanked out from under me. Mm. And I ended up being sexually assaulted twice, um, violently and brutally and the fallout from that and the the bullying and the, the atmosphere that ensued just, tanked me as a person. Emotionally, I wanted to both be successful and just pull up my bootstraps and keep going um, so I could just get through this year and academic experience so I could graduate, so I could serve my team and my class and my country. And yet I absolutely did not know how to cope with the violence and the, the tragedy and the emotions resulting from that trauma at all. Sometimes the universe has other plans. Mm. You know, we want to rise to the occasion. You know, we want to meet our obligations, Absolutely. you know, not disappoint anyone that has expectations of us. And, you know, sometimes you've no choice, but to listen to what is being served to you for a reason. For a reason. And in that position of feeling as if you have no choice when you are literally laying at the bottom of rock bottom 
and you're looking up, hopefully to the light above your head, it really forces you to choose and get very hyper vigilantly clear as to what is most important. And for me, it got to that pivotal fulcrum. Do I stay or do I live? And in that moment, I had to choose to live and to leave the Air Force Academy. And from that moment on, the journey to sort of find who I was, what's really mine, what is my purpose here on this earth? How do I deal with the trauma that I have experienced that we all have experienced in some way or another? Mm -hmm. How do I reconcile it? How do I matriculate that into myself so I can take the wisdom from this experience and let the rest go? That journey. And and starting from ground zero. I mean, everything that you thought that you were was no more. No more. When you made that decision. I can't even imagine that decision the honest to God crumbling of identity. And I know we, we all have felt this in our lives at some point, right? That crushing blow of, wait a minute, who am I? Mm-hmm. Why? I, I think I... Women more than most. Oh, I, no doubt because the identity, the different chapters, yeah. the different chapters, the, 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 external orientation that we tend to have to take care of everybody else to make sure that everybody else around us is okay before we're okay sometimes we don't even get to ourselves because the calendar schedule or what have you is like well no time for myself but at least everybody around me is fine and we don't realize how out of balance it can get so quickly when you focus externally on all of these things so it's been a journey And so at that moment in time, making the decision, do I stay or do I live? And you choosing life, you choosing to live, um, shedding the former identity Mm -hmm. and moving into a new identity and and that journey. And, And tell me a little bit about that that has led you to today. I mean, I'm familiar with your story and um, for the listeners uh, grab the book, Deep Dark Blue. Um, it is um, Polo's book and uh, it is uh, a, an amazing read that will have you experiencing every kind of emotion. And uh, so tell me a little bit about the after that ties you to today, because it was quite a change. Quite a change. <laughs> so, so well said. Some would say life whiplash, but mm. I think it's perfectly in keeping, um, especially when what we were talking about in terms of those pivotal moments in your life where you really have the opportunity, whether it is sitting, laying face up on a gurney. In my mm. case, there were a couple of times where I was laying face up on a gurney and I really got the opportunity and quite literally the gift to to ask myself, what do I want? Mm. Why am I here? Who am I now? To really allow all of those desires that I had as a child and all of those expectations that I felt growing up and really take it right to the present moment and be like, wait a minute, do those still fit? Do, do I still fit into the mold of what I, I envisioned that ideal to be. Is it my purpose to be a soldier in this world? 
Of a different kind, yes, was the answer of a different kind. And that's and- interesting because you, you know, you, do I still fit? Are those stories still true? And I I think that sometimes we don't realize that the story has played out and it's done. It's no longer serving us. Uh, in your case, it, you know, it was something brutal and just life-changing that happened and, and caused you to ask those questions. And, you know, we can ask those questions of ourselves in other situations too. You know, it, it's being separated from a job or, you know, everything that's been going on for the past year and a half and being in the office, being not in the office, having kids go to, you know, school at home, having kids go to school and, you know, mask or no mask. I mean, just all of it, it, what we believe about ourselves related to our wealth and our worth and, and our work, you know, some of those stories are, are meant to be shed and we're long past overdue shedding them. So for you having that opportunity uh, face up on a gurney, uh, you know, sometimes you wish could it have happened a little earlier or a little easier. I know when I've gotten the two, the cosmic two by four, I've asked myself that, but having an opportunity to ask those questions and receive your own answers. And, and so, um, what were the answers that you got out of that? Asking those questions. Ideally, first of all, we should be asking these questions every day when we wake up, right? (laughs) Because we, we don't realize how adept we are at change and how we are constantly shedding stories and we're constantly creating new ones. And if it, something doesn't feel good, then it's time to change that story. And we're fully capable of doing that. We do it in every moment anyway. My answers, when I asked really what I wanted, what do I love most? People will always be the answer to that question, I'm pretty sure, because in every moment I keep asking and I am endlessly fascinated by this human journey in this earth school. (laughs) I'm fascinated by people and by what lights them up and where does your passion lie? What do you want most in life? Because we all want different things. You know, we think there's a finite pie and we're all getting a little piece of it. And if we take more than our share, it means less for others. And none of that is true. It's, it's antithetical to universal law. And the exploration of that, figuring out where people really, where their passion lies, what lights them up, where does their curiosity take them? When they follow the fun, what does that look like? Oh my God, oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> and so I, I asked myself, what, what do I really want? I want all of, I had gone into the Air Force Academy with, Um, and I had been recruited out of high school by the FBI for behavioral analysis and really um, exploring white collar crime and why criminals, you know, make the decisions that they make to get them to the point. I wanted all of that, that um, investigative, detective orientation and look on life in terms of human behavior. But in shadowing some of the highest ranking women in the FBI and, um, and field officers. I was like, that is not sustainable. Polo goes all in with everything. And there is no way that I could leave that at the office. That would be a 24 seven thing. But-, but it's interesting how you turned that then. I mean, it's the same qualities of who you are now and what you do. It is investigation. You know, it is that peering into it is, you know, just, yeah. I'm glad you think that because when I told my parents I was switching my major when I finally left the Air Force Academy and I went to Notre Dame, I switched my major to acting to Mm -hmm. it's the same study of behavior. 
it's the same investigative nature, why people do the things that they do, why they make the decisions that they make and how it's expressed through our physical being. It's just a much friendlier lifestyle and outcome. So <laughs> thank you for saying that. I'm not sure much to their dismay. I was like, oh no, there's, there's, there's definitely a tie-in. So let me ask you, uh, so the podcast is to help busy women leaders create more success in their leadership with less sacrifice to themselves and everything that they hold dear in their life. And what is your personal definition of success? What does it mean to you personally, professionally, both? How would you label it? How would you describe it? Good question. What a good question for this moment right here, because just the intention of your podcast opens up what the portal to what I really feel. And I've kept getting answers as to what success means, at least for me. And that is that integrative harmony. Mm. That is the, the relationship between your mind, body, and spirit mm. integrated. As we know, whatever you resist persists. So the more we push against our bodies, the more we push against other people who are idiots, the more we push against <laughs> our boss or our work scenario or our home scenario, the more we see that in our experience and the more frustrated we get. My own personal feeling is everything comes right back to the self. And if we're not nourishing ourselves and asking uh, how we feel, something mm. as simple as that, putting your hand over your heart and starting your day or any moment in the day, shutting your office door for 60 seconds and asking yourself, how do I feel? Mm. I feel whatever you feel and label it and articulate it, allow it to come through your cells and come through your senses. Um, if we're not doing that, we are not, we are constantly separating ourselves and disconnecting from our true nature, our inner self, our inner being, um, our subconscious, if you want to call it, our higher self, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call that. There is a self inside of us, and then there is a person we present to the world. And usually there is a little bit of a gap at any given time. <laughs> a little disparity. <laughs> There's a little disparity between who yeah. we know ourselves to be, who we are at our core, and that persona that we present to the world. And in that chasm is usually filled with guilt and shame, something we're embarrassed about, something we don't want to share with the world or we haven't owned some trauma, or it could be as seemingly innocuous as just something you think is not a great quality of yours, something you don't feel like you should be. Mm. And as you'll, I've said it before, but if you're willing to sort of turn on that flashlight and explore all the dark and gnarly corners of your mind and your memory, mm -hmm. all of those things that you've experienced as a child up until this point right now in your life, and truly understand that we've all gone through stuff, have yep. the willingness and openness to own it and to take a look at it and to know that it has made you the person that you are today as a cumulative being. It is all combined to be the force of nature that you are right now. Absolutely. And not only mind that gap, but mend it. And mm -hmm. now you're walking around as a truly integrative soul. And once you put that who you are and who you present to the world 
once you sew that together, then you are now living in the freedom of your authenticity like never before. And, and the amazing, that. yeah. And the amazing thing about that is that, you know, you're, you're doing this inner work and it's about you really getting closer to who you are as an authentic being and how it shows up externally to you is amazing because one of the things that I see and it is, is women who, when they leave the house and they walk into the door, whether it's their home office or, or, a, you know, a, a, a regular office is that they become someone else because they think they need to, yes. to get the results that they want. And if you can discover who you are at the core of your being mm -hmm. and bring that to the surface and bring that into the work environment, that's a game changer. It is a game changer to the next level. And so often we don't trust that, but we as humans are so similar by nature. We are so similar. It is our little weirdo idiosyncrasies. It is our specific constellation of attributes. It's our, those things that make us unique. That's where our superpower lies. That's what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so often we don't realize that or we dismiss it or we're afraid of it. But that's where that brilliance lies of different perspectives. You know, there's a reason diversity is innovation. We need different perspectives, different points of view, different places from whence we've come to come to the table to create new and more efficient and more beautiful, incredible ways of doing and being and having. Absolutely. So let me also ask you, because I'm curious about this from what you've shared uh, in your journey, you have learned so much and you're very in tune what success is for you. Let me ask you on the other side of it, what, what do you protect at all costs or what are you not willing to sacrifice for success? I think maybe this answer is probably twofold. It might even be threefold. Let's just do it. <laughs> Let's open it up. And see it <laughs> what, what's coming up first and foremost are the, uh, my vibration. And I know that's a super woo-woo answer, but, <laughs> and it might be a little bit more metaphysical than people are willing to, to know, but we're living in a, in a physics based universe, right? In a, in a, in a, we are energy. Gravity, vibrating our, frequency. That's yeah. exactly it. We are energy. Everything around us, every physical thing that is matter is, is made of energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what you were talking about so beautifully of things in your external world mirroring what is going on internally. I mean, the ancient sayings as above, so below. Uh, yes. The universe is in the cell, the cell is in the universe. Like all of those things, there is a reciprocity in this world that we experience. So I know personally, if my vibration is lower or it's off or it's disjunct, if I've become disconnected from this person, I know myself to be, and the person I'm presenting the world, if, if that has rocked my vibration, I know that I'm not serving anything around me in the highest either. And we'll get reminders. This is usually where the two by four <laughs> cosmic two by four, cosmic two by four. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so my vibration at all costs. And that may seem selfish. And I think the relationship mm. with our, with that word selfish trips up a lot of women, especially, but a lot of us, because we think that being selfish 
is somehow once again, um, bogarting that pie, that piece of pie just for ourselves and not allowing others to have it. But it's not the case. If you, it's the oxygen mask on an airplane. If you don't take care of yourself first, you're, you cannot, you don't have anything to give to anybody else anyway. Right. So vibration first and foremost, and then my own just personal, I, I don't like to see people get hurt. I don't like to see people get picked on or, or mm. somehow made to feel bad. That's my own personal thing. So uh, I'm there I, with you. Yeah. you know, excluding people, gossiping yeah. about people, just, you know, using someone else to make yourself be better. It's yeah. I have a very, a no tolerance. Feel good. You want to just take their inner child and wrap it in bubble wrap and just be like, Oh, don't you know? And I'm talking about the people who are inflicting the pain as well as the people who are mm-hmm. victims. Cause that's a vibrational match as well, but you just want to wrap them in bubble wrap and be like, don't you see how amazing you are? Mm-hmm. You don't need to see that you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel good to any of <laughs> anybody watching or anybody partaking, like having curiosity. Mm-hmm. Why are they acting that way? Why am I reacting this way? Slowing down, you know, not charging full steam ahead with a reaction, but really having that curiosity about, you know, yourself first and foremost, but the other person too. Oh, you yeah. said the most beautiful portal into all of that introspection, uh, life-changing wisdom, and that's curiosity, right? Mm. The minute you open your mind to curiosity, if you're hurt by something, the minute you turn that around and be like, okay, why did this trigger me so badly? You have Mm. just highlighted a portal to your own inner work, right? Because people people can have 50 different uh, vantage points on a situation and one person can not even give it a second thought. And the other person can feel so triggered by it. And the only difference is how does that resonate with you? What, what strings of um, usually trauma or unhappiness or unworthiness or anger, guilt, did that pluck for you? Or all of it. Or all of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. And like, all of this is just it ebbs and flows in every day, right? We call it going to the basement. <laughs> you go to the basement, you just get in all your stuff and it's kind of like, okay, you just have to be there yeah, and, and feel it and experience it. And, you know, pull a string on a light bulb over here and see what's over here. Pull another <laughs> string on a light bulb over here and see what's over here. And yeah, sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, what's going to come at me? You don't know, but- that it doesn't dissipate until you shine a light on it. Yep. Yeah. And that light, of course, is love. If we don't, if we don't have the willingness to be like, oh my God, I am so frustrated about this, about myself. And I love that. I love that I can see from observational standpoint, the thing I'm most frustrated about. I hate my thighs and I love that. I love that I said that because the moment you, you know, whatever that thing is, the moment you shine that light on it, the moment it begins to dissipate. Monsters only grow in the darkness of denial. So if you keep that light off, they grow and grow. The monsters of fear and anger and guilt and sadness and worry and anxiety, they grow, grow, grow in the darkness of our denial. And we think we're protecting ourselves to numb ourselves or to um, shun what we don't wanna think about, but we're not because the moment we turn our heads and turn on that flashlight, they can then start to dissipate. 
and it will come back bigger. Yeah. Heftier. Yeah. With more of a right hook, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if you don't deal with it, it deals with you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Paulo, it has been amazing having you here today. I am so profoundly grateful one that you're my friend, but two that you walk the planet and uh, just sharing the energy that you have. And I would love for you to tell the listeners about how they can find out more about you, how they can reach you, how they can get your books, which are amazing. Can you share some information around that? Yes. And let me just say, oh, the feeling is so mutual. There are no accidents why we were put together in this experience. And so I love you dearly. Mm. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. If you want to check out any of what I've done, I've got some content and my books are available online. It's polotate.com. So that's P-O-L-O-T-A-T-E.com. Everything is right there. Reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about life and how to deal with it when it comes for you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And all of that information will be in the show notes as well. And you can find Polo across all of the social media outlets too. Um, She's always sharing great wisdom, whimsies, uh, (laughs) content, you name it. And uh, I know that you will love her as much as I do. And I can't thank you enough for being here today. So for all of you on the Getting to Clarity podcast, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and your time with Polo. And until the next time, here is wishing you all the clarity that you deserve. Take care and bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast with Debbie Peterson. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. To learn more about how you can create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life, visit gettingtoclaritypodcast.com.